This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. At the Turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Use the promo code TURN when you check out at vicegolf.com to get free shipping. That's promo code TURN. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, welcome into episode 30 of At The Turn. Nick and Joe here with you, and uh, this is going to be a very special episode. Well, it's going to be an episode. We're going to talk about the match between Tiger and Phil. Uh, what'd you think of it? How was it? Could it have been better? Yes, it could have been. Nick, initial thoughts on the match? <sighs> it was disappointing. Um, it just seemed extremely inauthentic to me that was the vibe i got um it just seemed so hokey i guess i mean i i I, it's tiger and phil but at at its best it was not satisfying i thought it was quite boring (laughs) i was paying very close attention through the first seven or eight holes And then once it got to the back nine, we were three hours into the broadcast. Not a lot had happened. They didn't hit a lot of good shots, which I think was the biggest disappointment. Phil could have been up four in the first six holes if he made any putts. But at no point, I guess, throughout this did I ever feel like it was important to either of them. I think it was more important to Phil for a lot of reasons. But I just didn't feel like either of them cared. Yeah, and we talked about this when it, when they first announced it, and then also in our last episode, like, what if they just don't play well? And that's what happened. I don't think – did anybody ever add up their scores? I, I meant to go back and look and see what they made, but I bet that they both shot around 70. And then that – did you see the playoff, Joe, where they, they're teeing off from the, from the putting green under this makeshift 19th hole, and they're just – 
and I don't know, man. It was bad. And the thing, all right, there was they both missed putts to win it that were actual real putts. Like they both had a chance to win it with a putt and both missed. They also both gave extremely generous putts that would have won them the match had the opponent missed it. And I'm just like thinking it just seems so inauthentic. I don't know. They teed off. I don't know how much you were paying attention. They teed off on the first hole and I'm like, okay, this is going to be fun. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, I'm trying to be optimistic that I'm holding out hope it's going to be great. And the first thing Phil starts talking about to Tiger is how much you miss your kids when they go off to college. <laughs> There's no way this is real. There's no way. That's the thing. It all seemed so scripted. Like they probably had two or three conversations ready to go that they were going to talk about because that was one of the big selling points going in. Oh, there's going to be side bets. You're going to hear these guys. They're mic'd up, trash talk, all this sort of stuff. There was none of that. Like you said, they were walking up the first fairway talking about their kids being in college. And there was like a little moment after Phil, Phil, so there was this very contrived side bet going into the match that Phil was going to birdie the first hole and it was going to be worth $200,000. And Phil throws this out at a press conference to make it seem as though there's some spontaneity to it. And then Tiger doubles the amount to 200000 And so they get to the first green. Phil, who actually struck the ball very well to start the match, had like an eight footer for birdie that looked like a wildly makeable putt. It broke like two inches and he played too much break and missed it. And Tiger was sort of sheepishly standing behind him on the green. And he had an opportunity to say something and he just sort of whispered to himself, oh, that hurts the pockets. And that was trash <laughs> talk. There was at any point during the talk. After that putt, Tiger told Phil good speed. <laughs> Did you catch that? I did not get that. Yeah, he did. He did. I thought that was pretty good. It was the first hole. And he goes, yeah, he Phil missed the putt for 200000 <laughs> And Tiger goes, good speed. <laughs> um, pretty good. So I, I thought that was good. But that, other than that, it was no, yeah. Like, I didn't seem like they cared. Um, I mean, I'm sure they cared. I'm sure they wanted to win. But I think they were so guarded with everything else going on that, like, the actual golf was, like, they had closest to the pin bets on all the par threes. And I think one of them, I think one out of the eight shots on the par three, somebody was inside 10 feet. And they had the long drive as well, where they both missed the fairway. Yeah, they both end up in the same bunker. So it was, it was a pretty rainy, cloudy day. We're recording this uh, midday Saturday, so the match happened yesterday. And it was a pretty cloudy, miserable day in Portland. And so my girlfriend, Lacey, we were watching the match together. God bless her. And... They both missed the fairway, and she's like, well, wait a minute, no one wins? And I said, yeah, you have to hit the fairway for it to count as a long drive. And she just kind of was like, whoa, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. None of these guys ever capitalized on an opportunity to do something really impressive, except Tiger's chipping on 17 yeah. was really the only highlight of the whole thing for me. Yeah, and it, the end of it was actually not bad because Tiger was one down going into 17. He chips in for birdie to win the hole on 17 to go all square at 18. And then 18 was kind of back and forth. It looked like Tiger was going to win. It looked like Phil was going to win. They go to the 19th hole, which was still exciting because they were actually playing a real golf hole in the daylight um, and hitting actual golf shots. And again, like 
Phil hit a better drive. Tiger was in trouble, and then Phil was in the bunker. He was buried, and and you know it was just it was actually kind of exciting. But then it just went off the rails when they started playing this ninety-three yard shot, and Tiger couldn't hit the green like his first three attempts at this ninety-three yard shot, and they're under the lights, and they're I don't know. It was just so it was it was just awkward, and um, it's funny you talk about you and Lacey. Um, my wife was was out on the road. Uh, working most of the day and she came home late and we were going to go to dinner and I, I was like just a heads up it might be you know getting towards the end of the match when um when you get home but we'll go to dinner as soon as you as soon as you as soon as we're ready so she gets home they're on the 18th hole then it goes to the 19th hole and she's starving she missed lunch then it goes to the 20th hole she's she's getting a little bit you know impatient but she didn't want to leave because I paid money for this thing which also we'll touch about later and I'm like let's just go like I don't even care she's like no we paid for this we're going to watch it. She's just rooting for whoever. She's like, just somebody make an ace, please. I just want to leave. And neither of them. Then when Phil gave Tiger the five-footer where he, if he missed it, Phil would have won. It was just like, it was just so, I don't know. It was just such an anticlimactic ending, I felt like. It was not exciting, even though theoretically it should have been. It went to 22 holes. I don't know. I do understand why Tiger and Phil gave each other those short putts. You don't want this thing to end on someone missing a four-foot putt. That's ultimately a, a, a terrible. Are result. you reading the Tiger Woods book, Joe? Did you read the book? Like that's so Tiger's mentality to like to like prey on someone to make miss a putt that gives him he want, if he's a cold-blooded killer if he wants to win at all costs. You're not giving a putt for the for the event with the match on the line. You're just not. I don't know. It just seems so forced how much do you think losing did tiger lose any sleep over this last <laughs> i don't even think tiger knows if he won or lost like i don't think he remembers he's already forgotten <laughs> well and down the stretch he was making comments about i'm having a tough time seeing after they <laughs> are bumbling this 90 yard hole for the playoff tiger said i don't want to go out like this it's like a lot of tiger being frustrated and Tiger, I think, made a point of not walking with Phil during the match. Because after the first, certainly the front nine, but even after the first couple of holes, they're not walking together. And it's like golf or poker or really any activity, you can tell who's doing better by who's talking the most. And Phil and Tim Mickelson did not shut up for the first, like, seven <laughs> holes when Phil was striking the ball well. Yeah. Um... It, it, another thing that seemed forced is like towards the back nine or towards the end of the back nine, Tiger even said to Phil, like, sorry, I'm not talking to you more. Like I, I was trying to make a conversation, but you know, we're just in this match right now. It's just not his personality. And he knows there's pressure on him to provide some theatrics, but I don't think he's a very spontaneous guy. I mean, I just think he's so guarded and knowing that there's, he's mic'd up and there's all these cameras and there's all these expectations. I don't think he's, an entertainer outside of just playing fantastic golf. So I think he was a little bit, um, I'm not, not shaken, just, just a little bit uncomfortable there. Like him trying to carry this drama with like being mic'd up, talking to Phil for five hours. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, it was a little bit of a, uh, of a dud for me. Do you think that you could stick any different current day players into this to make yeah. it interesting? I do. I think number one, there's too many sponsors. Um, there's too many corporate corporations involved. I mean, it just seemed, you know, so that that 
that aspect when you when you have such the big names like Tiger and Phil, of course you're gonna get that. I think it would be a little bit more compelling for me if it was an American versus Euro and you had some sort of Ryder Cup rivalry to play off of. If you had um, you know, vast I mean they had Tiger and Phil have different styles, but if you just had a little bit more to contrast, like I think Rory and Dustin Johnson might be, you know, kind of fun, but just don't make it so forced. I think it was so many people saying you know, you should make these side bets on these holes for this amount, and you should talk about this. And I just think it was so forced. Like, just let them, let them be out there. I'd almost prefer they're not mic'd up, and you just kind of catch like the natural sound like you get anyways, because um, they would be a little more candid and not not so scripted and forced. Oh, speaking of being mic'd up, I never thought Phil Mickelson was in good shape prior to the match, <laughs> but the amount of heavy breathing you got from Phil, it was probably, and Phil talked a lot. 80% of what his mic caught was him heavy breathing, walking up and down the fairway. That guy needs yeah. to get on an elliptical. <laughs> and I love, there was probably four or five times where they, where uh, the commentators actually weren't talking over like Phil or Tiger. And they'd say, let's go see what, what Phil and uh, Tim are talking about. And they go and like, they're just not talking for like 30 seconds. <laughs> and they're like, well, okay. And then and the fact that they had Charles Barkley and Samuel L. Jackson, um, I don't mind that for necessarily like the pregame, but I think they brought him in too much during the Ooh. actual match and it made it just kind of made it seem a little less important. Like I think if you had Joe Buck or like somebody who's like Jim Nance and you're just making it like super serious and intense, like you could have gotten a little more of that vibe. But when you get Samuel L. Jackson saying that Charles Barkley should be hitting Tiger Woods shot on the 18th hole, it's just hard to take it seriously. Well, speaking of the broadcast crew. I thought that they spent a lot of time criticizing what was actually happening. They did not seem happy, obviously, with the level of play. They were displeased, like Pat Perez kept commenting about how he wanted Tiger and Phil to be gambling more. Um, and I thought the Barkley Samuel Jackson stuff was good, mostly because the match itself was not. And I found myself looking forward to times when Charles would interject. Like, I legitimately laughed out loud when Barkley said that he could beat Tiger Woods and Phil on this hole. And I was like more interested in the back and forth between your boy, Justin Verlander and Charles Barkley on Twitter during that match. Like I was seriously like, Oh my God, can we just get Barkley out to the first hole to try to see if he can make a six on this thing? And if he doesn't, <laughs> like that would have been great entertainment. So, it would have been, but I think that's my point is if the match, if that, is what you're looking forward to, then the match is clearly not what it should have been. It There's no way it is what it should have been. Um, if you had to quickly give this like a one out of 10 score, what would you give it? I'm feeling in a, in a nice mood. I'd give them like a five or a six just because they tried. They gave us Tiger versus Phil in a match play where we're all going to watch. I can't complain too much about that. I think if they were to do it again, they would definitely make some changes. I mean, there's, I know they've done things like this before, but it's been a while since this has been in the mainstream. So I'm kind of going to give them a pass because they tried. I think if they did it the same way again, I'd be a little more critical. But I, I'm just going to say there's some lessons that that they could take away from this and make it better next time if they want to try again. And I'm, I'm, if they try again with you know two different guys or you know they want to do a rematch or whatever, I'd probably watch. I don't know if I pay twenty bucks. What about you? I gave it a three. Yeah. One of the biggest problems I had with it was they didn't know 
whether to make this something that we're going to take incredibly seriously or it's going to be something that we're going to have a lot of fun with and it's going to be loose and a lot of weird stuff is going to happen. Like I think, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but I saw that um, on Twitter, a Golf Digest writer wrote that on one of these, on the, on the playoff hole, Tiger should use Phil's club and Phil should use Tiger and the winner of that hole gets like a million dollars. Like that would be amazing. That would be so much fun to watch. But they didn't do anything like that. It was very conventional, almost to the point of being conservative. You had Peter Jacobson on the broadcast building this up like it was the ultimate decider on like who is a greater player, Tiger or Phil, when it was so apparent that this meant a great deal more to Phil Mickelson. They mentioned many times during the broadcast that he'd been out at this course, Shadow Creek, for like a week leading up to this. Tiger was probably at the craps tables till 4 a.m., rolled out on four hours of sleep and made his way to the first tee. Phil cared a lot more about this. They didn't know what to do with it. And unfortunately, I don't think it landed very well. So I, I give it a three out of 10. Yeah. I think that's that's absolutely fair. Um, yeah. And I think they, they were definitely towing that line between is this serious and intense or is it just silly? And I don't think they ever made a decision on that. As always, At The Turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. If you're looking for the perfect holiday gift for the golfer in your life, head on over to vicegolf.com. You're going to get free shipping if you use promo code TURN. You can get personalized golf balls with no minimums and no setup fees. Put a logo or saying on any of their gold medal winning golf balls. Get fast shipping and get free shipping in the United States with promo code TURN, T-U-R-N, at vicegolf.com. If you're enjoying At The Turn, and why wouldn't you be, Go ahead and follow us on social media. We're at at the turn pod on Twitter and on Facebook also and at the turn and feel free to review our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud. Who knows where you're listening to us and uh, recommend us to a friend. All right, Nick, uh, we put out a Twitter poll talking about the, well, whether or not people care about the outcome of the match. Do we have the results of that? Do people care? We do. And I'm actually a little bit surprised. 47% of the people said they care and they were rooting for Tiger. 27% said they care and they're rooting for Phil. 13% said they don't care and 13% don't know WTF the match is. Um, so that's saying that 74% of people actually cared about who won the match, which I found to be interesting because going into it, when I turned it on, I thought to myself, do I even care who wins this? Um, so, and I, I didn't have any money on it. I'm sure a lot of the other people who voted probably did have some money riding on it which might be why they cared but um yeah i was trying to decide if i even cared who won i guess i didn't um i wanted phil to win once i started watching it because phil obviously has put some time into this and <laughs> if he was to put a week of being at this golf course mapping it out like it's augusta here are my spots that i'm gonna hit here's my plan where i'm gonna try to birdie where i'm gonna be conservative and he still lost that would be a bad look for him. So I'm happy that he won. Tiger's probably happy that Phil won. He doesn't care. Um, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit surprised by those uh, poll results, but I get it. It's Tiger and Phil, and you're going to draw the biggest audience with those two still, even though they're not the top two players in the world right now. All right, Joe. Um, I paid to watch <laughs> the match, and I paid $19.99. and I saw a tweet late in the match that said that Bleacher Report Live ended up giving away the stream for free because they had some malfunctions. 
I I couldn't bring myself to read all about this because I paid twenty dollars for this shabacle. So tell me what's going on with this, Nick. I have bad news. I paid zero American dollars to watch this on Bleacher Report, and the worst part about this is Bleacher Report is rewarding bad behavior because yeah. you, I presume, ordered this before eleven fifty eight a.m. Pacific time. Yeah. Exact for that exact reason, I was like, if I try to log in and watch this, it's gonna take me 20 minutes. I'm gonna miss like five hundred thousand dollars worth of bets. Someone's gonna make an ace, you know. Like, I, I better just go in early, make sure it's all set, ready to go, test things out, and, and you know, that way I can just relax when it starts and not have to worry about it. So, yeah, you're exactly right. So, my whole thing was I was trying to get a day's worth of errands done before noon so I could chill and watch this match, and I got close. I sat down down at my computer at 12.02 p.m., and I'm Googling the match, how to stream the match, and I end up on this Bleacher Report page, and I'm like, okay, where's, like, the portal to log in to pay? And it was, like, a little pregame snippet, and I'm like, okay, this must pop up, and then it's going to direct me to do it. And then Ernie Johnson comes in, and he's like, welcome to the match! And I'm like, uh... All right, let's just not say anything and see what happens. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, it just streamed on Bleacher Report. And I was following it on Twitter as well to get people's reactions. And I think it was about 90 minutes in or so, I saw uh, Darren Ravel from ESPN, their uh, business reporter, tweet that uh, people were having a lot of trouble logging in to Bleacher Report. And so in order to have the match available on Bleacher Report, because even the advertising revenue they're going to get is probably going to help, even though I can't imagine how much money they lost because of this mistake. They wanted people to get in to see it because people see the match for free is a better look and better for them than it not working at all. Could you imagine if they decided not to make it for free and the majority of the people who were depending on the streaming component of this to actually watch it were unable to do so? That would have been a real bad look for Bleacher Report. So yeah, end of the day, kudos to them for giving it away. Oh, yeah. Kudos to them. Oh, I'm so stoked. Uh, how, how about getting my $20 back? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's I, whatever. I'm, I'm just going to try not to get too worked up about this. There's, there's bigger fish to fry in the world today. But, yeah, it's kind of annoying when, you know, I, I'm sure 75% of the people who watched it got it for free. And uh, I paid $20 because I went in early to make sure everything was going to be uh, all tidy up when I, when I went to go log in. So, yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm glad you didn't also spend twenty dollars on this, Joe. <laughs> look, look, you're supporting two up and coming scrappy golfers, Tiger and Phil. Every nickel helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, did you see the nine million dollars sitting behind him behind them when they were doing the playoff? Yeah, that's so lame. At least he had a good line. She said, "Well, it's a good thing I'm not a Capital One card member because payment <laughs> 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 will be going to Tiger and Phil." Oh my god! I'm sure it was all fake. Uh, I I got some behind the scenes intel recently that you know when they do like the World Series of Poker and they bring all that cash out there, it's all they just have like hundreds on the outside and the rest is is uh, either, either, I don't remember if it's not real or if it's just ones on the inside, but it's not the actual you know Nick, prize. It's almost Christmas time. You're telling us there's no Santa. I'm yeah. devastated yeah. by that. Oh, yeah. so don't. Good. Not I really. I'm, I'm being a bit of a Grinch, I know, but don't believe everything you see on the match. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to talk about on the match? Though those are pretty much my thoughts on it. Um, I don't know. That's about it. I uh, like I said before. I I would I I want to give him a pass because I I like the thought process of 
trying to do something outside the box. I just don't think this was well executed. It was so corporate. Like you said, it was way too corporate. It And I, I guess the one other thing I would touch on is it felt like this was made solely for gambling. Every single hole, <laughs> every shot, they would report like the live odds, like Tiger's going to win, Phil's going to win. Like Because this is in Vegas, did like a lot of gamblers tune into this? Is this like a gambler's thing, this match? Was it designed for them? It felt like it. I think so. I mean, they were certainly playing that up. And like, even the broadcasters were talking about how much they were betting. And they had this $100, one, 100 to one on a hole in one. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see it being a betting event because I think you can bet on ev- the result of every hole. So you've got 18 different holes you can bet who's going to win. And if, some, if Phil's playing well, you can bet him to win the next hole. So I can see it being a fun event to gamble if you want to you know, stay engaged and someone's playing well and like, okay, now Phil's hitting it well and it's a part of three coming up. So I'm going to put a hundred bucks on Phil to win the hole or whatever, you know, and it's like, everything's kind of constantly changing. I can see that being fun. Yeah. Like if you're in so inclined, it, it could be the sort of event, like the way it's designed is like you said, very conducive to yeah. uh, gambling. Well, speaking of gambling, Nick, you want to talk about betting fake money? Explain this premise to me. I don't, I don't but know. So- you know, I'm such a nice guy, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you 250 fake dollars. Oh! How, how- and I'm going to give myself 250 fake dollars. Okay. And what I want to do is every time we record, I'm going to keep a ledger. Oh. Okay. So we're going to we're going to do a little bit more homework than maybe we typically do. And we're going to place fake wagers with our fake dollars um, and see if we can grow these 250 fake dollars into something more by placing bets on uh, on golf throughout the year. And we're going to keep track of uh, how well we do. That sounds like fun. Okay. Do- doesn't it? Doesn't it sound yeah. like fun? It does. Okay. So are we only going to do this for majors or if I got a really good feeling – about the whenever, whenever you want to, Joe. When you when you say, "Hey, I think uh, you know uh, Smiley Kaufman's you know fifty <laughs> to one to win the Hero World Challenge," I'm going to take him for twenty bucks. Uh, you know, we'll put you down for it. That's Smiley. <laughs> first of all, Smiley's a great vet at the Hero World Challenge. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, this sounds great. Um, do we have like a goal? Are we going to have like a, a period from which we start and stop this, or is this going to be like a running thing? Well, I think the Hero World Challenge is probably the, the best place to start. Okay, sure. So, That's, you know, uh, and I guess we just stop either next year at the Hero or, or when we both hit zero. <laughs> what is the Hero? Should we, let's, uh, why don't we do a, a wrap-up pod from the Hero? Yeah, yeah. So um, the Hero, it's, it's, uh, it's next, it's like in two weeks, I'm pretty sure. Oh, great. Okay, well, why don't we, why don't we um, make that the date of our next pod? And speaking of the Tiger book, I'm, I'm, it's sitting on my desk right now. I'm looking at it. I'm only 100 pages through that, baby. I ripped through those 100 pages in probably a day, and then I put it down, and I haven't picked it back up. So I'm <sighs> going to make it a mission. We'll, we'll pick that back up, and we'll also do a Tiger Book Club. Did you, did you finish it? I, I got, like, less than 50 pages left. Okay. Well, why don't we – how about this? To close up shop for 2018, why don't we do a Hero World Challenge and a Tiger Woods Book Club pod? That sounds phenomenal. Okay. Well – Hope you all enjoyed this episode of At The Turn. A reminder, 
Go to vicegolf.com. Use that promo code TURN. You get free shipping anywhere in the U.S. And for our fans in Australia and Nick, the metrics tell me we do have probably a dozen or two dozen people that tune in in Australia. Use promo code TURN anyway. You're not going to get the free shipping, but it's a way you can help support at the TURN, and we appreciate your support. Do you have any parting words, Nicholas? That's it. Um, no. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing, Joe. All right. hope you all enjoyed the match. Thank you for listening. Uh, hope you're having a great holiday season, and we'll talk to you in a few weeks. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.